Welcome to the special edition of the Grill Drill Podcast. I'm your host, Mr. Grill Drill King. As I continue to look back at the classic, at the classic games, to, uh, tonight we are looking back because, you, of course, you have Jordan, Michael Jordan's um, The Bulls documentary coming up next Sunday, um, The Last Dance. We are looking back at Game 5 of the 1991 NBA Finals. Lakers, Bulls, Bulls coming, Bulls came up, uh, came into that game up three games to one, looking for their first ever championship. Michael Jordan was looking for his first ever championship, um, first ever championship in the NBA. Of course, he had been in the league. This was, you know, he had been in the league. This, uh, this was his uh, seventh year in the league, and you know, at that point in time, the rap on him was, yeah, great score, great player, maybe the best, best player in the league. But can't win the big one, can't beat the Pistons, can't beat, you know, not better than Magic, not better than Bird, and what have you. That You had that narrative going on during that time, but he wiped away, of course, the Pistons in the series before that in 48 sweep, and he was looking, seeking his first NBA championship of his career. Um, as always, this is, we are streaming this live on my YouTube channel. Uh, this will be available via Stitcher. Blog Talk Radio, Spotify, iTunes as well. So you can find us in many various platforms. And, um, you know, I thought I chose this game because I thought that uh, I thought this was a change, a shift in the league as far as whose league it was. And this was, to me, this was the official crowning of a, of a, of a new king in terms of Michael Jordan. And I thought it was one, you know, I, you know, I remember the game, you know, I remember the game as a kid, especially rooting for the Lakers, being a Magic Johnson fan that I was. And we'll talk about the ramifications of this game uh, as um, neither franchise would ever be the same uh, following uh, this game. Now, coming into this game, the Lakers were completely dominated by the Bulls in the previous in game four. 97-82, the Bulls were at, at this point, had established themselves as being a superior team, younger, more athletic. Um, to add injury to insult, the Lakers came into this game with no James Worthy, no Byron Scott. Would it have made a difference? Probably not over big picture. Maybe they could have won this game, but they were not going to win the series. The Bulls were a superior, were a superior basketball team. Uh, that's all there is to it. But the Lakers still had Magic Johnson. And you look at this, you know, look at this lineup that the Lakers had to roll out there with no Byron Scott and no James Worthy. You're talking about, okay, they have Magic, Terry Teagle, A.C. Green, Sam Perkins, and Vlade Divac with Tony Smith coming off the bench and Eldon Campbell. And that was it. Lakers only played seven players in that game. Seven. The Bulls played 10, okay? And all the, all the Bulls who played, played at least seven minutes or more. So the Bulls were younger, deeper, and just frankly at this point in the series, just clearly more talented. But uh, look at this game. The Lakers, this, this is why I think that if you forget how great Magic Johnson was and if you get that this guy probably, you know, we can debate this – we can go back and forth. I mean, there probably haven't been 
in terms of impact on the game, in terms of versatility, probably not three players in the history of the league that that, that were more impactful than Magic Johnson in the history of the league, wherever you want to rank him. I mean, there is no way in the world that the Lakers should have been in this game. There's, there's no, I mean, I'm looking just, I mean, you look at the Bulls lineup from top to bottom. If you look at the uh, the way the Bulls played for the most part, they shot 53% for the game. Like both teams shot well. Um, a bunch of turnovers for both teams. They were both, both teams were in double digits in turnovers. Even in, in the first half, they were double digits in turnovers. But um, there was no game, no way that the Lakers were even supposed to be in this game. And it was on the pure will and the just way that Magic Johnson could uplift the team, his leadership, his moxie, his just, you know, it's, it's, I mean, it's a, you know, as a Magic Johnson fan growing up, and in this game, Magic would go for 16, 20, and 11, 20 assists, didn't shoot the ball well, and there's a reason why he didn't shoot the ball well. We'll get into that. But this was a game that, for the most part, when you look at it, through three and a half quarters, this, I mean, it was a tie game with about six minutes left. It was a tie game without, with about six minutes left. And then, of course, you have John Paxson just shoot the lights out in the fourth quarter. Uh, and that was all she wrote. Paxson was nine for 12 for 20 points. A um, couple things in this game. Number one, uh, just the idea that you had Mono or mono in terms of superstars. Magic and Michael are two of the top, in most people's eyes, two of the top five players in history. There are some people that have Magic Johnson right behind Michael Jackson. Michael, there are some people that have Magic right behind Michael Jordan. I mean, there are people out there that uh, there, are, there are people who think Magic Johnson is the second greatest player of all time behind Matt, behind Michael Jordan. Matt, Michael Jordan guarded Magic Johnson the entire game. The entire game. He guards Magic Johnson the entire game, puts up 30, 10, and 8 with five steals. And it was an easy 30 points. The easy 30 points. I don't care. You can live 100 years from here on, from 2020 on. You're not going to see that. You're not going to see Kevin Garnett, Kevin Durant guard LeBron James the entire game. You're not going to see LeBron James guard the Greek Freak the entire game. You're not going to see Kawhi Leonard guard Kevin Durant. It just, I mean, it just doesn't, it just will not, will not, will ever, never happen. Ever. And I appreciated watching this game, watching, you know, Michael Jordan saying, listen, this is my league now. It's mine. You had your time. You had five rings. You went to the finals nine times in 12 years. It is mine. I'm going to take it from you. And despite that, Magic Johnson, you know, 16, 20, and 11. And I'm, you're looking at, you know, a couple things. Number one, and I love Marv Albert and Fratello, the Zard and Charles Telestrator, they were, were tremendous as a team. They were tremendous as a broadcast team. Marv Albert is the best that there has ever been in play-by-play, uh, play-by-play in, play in, in terms of the NBA, by far. It's not even close. Marv Albert is the best ever. But the but Marv Albert saying that the Bulls bottled up Michael Magic Johnson was just not the case in that series. Now, they made Magic work. They made Magic work, 
but Magic Johnson, the thing that made Magic so great and the thing that made him so dominant is he could not – Magic Johnson could dominate the game without taking a shot. And he single-handedly basically kept them in this game on just his moxie, his, his, his just his enthusiasm, his passing. Now, he had a lot of turnovers. And Magic was always a high turnover, high turnover uh, player because he always had the ball in his hands. If you go back and look at Magic's numbers, he always was the most of league leaders in turnovers. Just you know, just the way it is when you always had when you always had the ball for the most part. And he took and he took chances with the ball. But um, this game was a nip and tuck game. It was a classic game where you know who the better team is when you watch the teams play. When you watch teams run, you see the, the athleticism of Chicago with with Michael Jordan in his physical peak, 28 years old, Scottie Pippen, 25 years old, Horace Grant, 25 years old. And the Bulls had a young team. You know, they had a couple of veterans mixed in, Craig Hodges, John Paxson, guys like that. But for the most part, their core players were young players. All of them, their core players, their best players were all under 30. Um Early on, again, classic case of home team. This would be the last game, the last finals game ever played at the uh, at the Los Angeles Forum, and that was a great crowd. Now I love Staples, and we've heard Staples loud, you know, with 2007 Game Seven, 2000 with Portland that comeback, heard be loud in you know, some NBA Finals, but this was there was nothing like the uh, the, the LA Forum crowd. And that was a great crowd because they had to know, down three one, that they were not coming back in that series. And they, it was going to be the last time they saw, it was going to be the last time that they saw the, the team for that season, of course. And um, great crowd. It's a nip and tuck game throughout the course of the first half. Uh, Lakers have had a halftime lead of forty nine forty eight. How the Lakers were up in in the first half was just was a miracle because. Magic Magic did have six points and ten assists in the first half, but the Lakers were turning over the ball left and right. The Bulls, again, kept them in the game because the Bulls also had a bunch of turnovers. Um, Jordan in this game was was like a chess master. He, at this point in his career, he was past the point of, he had passed that point of not trusting his teammates. He, again, he had an easy 30 points. Uh, he might have forced two, three shots in the entire game, and then some of those were due to you know shot clock running out and, and what have you. But he came, but he was in clear, you know, he was in total control of this game from the standpoint of he absolutely. You had saw the his, you had saw him finally master the game from a mental standpoint. We all knew Jordan as the great athlete, Air Jordan, the dunk contest. The 37 points a game in a season, but he mastered the entire. He had he had mastered the entire game, come 1991, and in that game where he just let the game come to him. I mean, he's up there, he's throwing the ball down to Bill Cartwright, he's passing the ball to B, hitting B.J. Armstrong for for, uh, for assist, hitting John Paxson, Craig Hodges. Um, he went out of his way in this game in the beginning to. Uh, really try to get his teammates involved in the game. And it paid dividends in that fourth quarter, as you saw John Paxson go crazy with uh, with, the, with jump shot after jump shot after jump shot. Um, 
was this one of Jordan's best performances? I mean, Jordan's had this. Would this crack Jordan's? I think I, I you know, you know, you look at the, the sheer numbers. I think this is a legit top five Michael Jordan performance in the finals. I think it cannot be lower than fifth. Of course, you know, you got you got to go ninety eight, game six Utah, maybe game five uh, Phoenix. Or game four, Phoenix '93, the 55-point game. So those games are always those games stand out. But this was a legit, and of course, first half for Portland, game one '92. So those are there. You go right there. Those are probably the three best Michael Jordan performances in the finals. Utah '98, uh, Utah '98, uh, Phoenix '93, game four, and Portland '92, game one, 35 and a half, six three points in the quarter. This probably has to be fourth or fifth. Probably have to be probably fourth because in this game, again, he's still playing against Magic John. He he's still playing against Magic Johnson. Decisive uh decisive game, not decisive decisive game, but um serious clinching game. And he had I cannot overemphasize the fact that he had to guard Magic, he guarded Magic Johnson the entire game for 48 minutes. Think about that. Magic Johnson, Magic, Pippen, and Jordan all played the entire game, which again is un. It would not happen in 2020. Would not happen in the least bit in 2020. There's no way that that's that's happening in 2020. So he's not only not only is he guarding the other team's best player and one of the all-time greatest players ever in his prime. I mean that was still peak prime Magic at that point in 1991. He scores 30-10, has 30-10-8 with also five steals. Just one of those performances that kind of get lost in the Jordan archives, I think. Um, I didn't, again, when I when this game happened, I was 12 years old, or maybe 13, 13. So, I, you know, all I remember is the Lakers lost. And I do remember Magic Johnson with 20 assists. I remember him having a bunch of assists. I did not realize that he guarded that Jordan went up against Matt, guarded Magic the entire game. That that I did not realize that. And I'm you know I'm watching the replay of this. I'm waiting. I'm like, okay, at some point they're gonna switch off, have Pippen on him. At certain point, give Jordan a little rest. No, didn't happen. And that was that was not that was to me, that was Michael Jordan saying, yeah. We're not going back to we're going back to Chicago alone. We're not bringing the Lakers back with us in, in Chicago. Great performances out of the role players in this game. I already mentioned Paxson, um, Terry Teagle, uh, Tony Smith. Tony Smith, remember Tony Smith came off the bench, a rookie, came off the bench, had a bit, had a nice, nice game. The Laker bench put on, uh, Laker bench played well for the most part. Their role players played well. Tony Smith. Terry Teagle, um, Divac, even uh, even Divac was pretty good in this game, um, but the athleticism of the Chicago Bulls um, was just was too much. Um, this Scottie Pippen in this game was 32, 13, 7, and 5. 13 rebounds, 7 assists, 5 steals. Probably the best playoff game that Scottie Pippen has ever played. Now he did like he he did have I think six six or seven turnovers. Both him and Jordan were high in the, the turnover uh, 
Both of them had like 13 turnovers between them, but it didn't matter. Um, Pippen was all over the place in this game. And the synergy between Jordan and Pippen was, I think, at an all-time high, to be honest with you, from in terms of athleticism, in terms of where they were at in their careers, you could see how thirsty both of them were for a championship, especially Jordan, of course. But they they were in, they were like one when they played in, the, in this game. I mean, they were all over the place. They were trapped. There were plays in this game where Jordan was pressing full court. Like he was picking up magic full court. Which, again, stuff that you just don't see in, in, in the NBA in 2020, not to knock today's game, but, I mean, you're talking about picking up full court in a finals game where guys are tired. It's, it's, it's the end of the season. You, you play, you've played probably you're in game 90 to 95 games up, in the, up until that point. I mean, that is just remarkable to me. And, you know, again, what they did to Magic Johnson – even in this game, they just they made they just had him. They didn't shut him down. They didn't stop him. They just made him work hard and had him uncomfortable at times, and made him look human at times. Um, Magic Johnson's pulse and his finger blinker press were still all over this game because there's no way that the Lakers um, should have even should have ever been in this game. I was just, I, even you know I'd seen this game a couple of times. I hadn't seen this game in a long time. Uh, at least there's been at least I want to say 15 years since I've seen this game don't, because I tend not to watch Lake games that the Lakers lose, you know, which is something you can't say about me now. We did the Kobe a couple weeks ago. We did Lakers Celtics game seven, 2010. Lakers won. You can't say that I can't. You can't say that I'm playing favorites and didn't do a, a game at the Lakers. This is a game. I could have chosen a bunch of Jordan games. I mean, he won six championships and had a number of playoff moments. Um, but this game stood out. Uh, this game, again, this game signaled the change, a clear changing of the guard in the NBA. Um, again, this game was nip-tuck nip throughout the course of the game, throughout the course of, of the game. It was dominated by quarters in terms of the Bulls. Scottie Pippen was dominating the third quarter. He really took off, and basically him and Jordan were having, having a dunk contest in the third quarter. With the steals, the fast breaks, uh, getting out, you know, forcing a number of late, uh, forcing late turnovers left and right. Then a big third quarter, and then of course John Paxson put the wraps on it in the fourth quarter with a with a shooting exhibition where he must he had to make at least four or five straight jump shots that put that in, that in essence um, put the Lakers away. Uh, again, you know, you had a, this was a this was a Laker team. When you look back on it, I look back on it uh, years later. This this Lakers team probably shouldn't have been in the NBA Finals. I think that this was one of this is one of Magic Johnson's most underappreciated, underrated achievements. I mean, he's been a final, he's been the Finals MVP three times, five time World Champion, been All NBA, did everything that you can do for that a player can do. Uh, but this, getting this team to the NBA Finals. I don't think this was this was not a vintage Laker team. Even with a healthy James Worthy and Byron Scott, it still was not a vintage vintage Laker team. They were at the end of the rope. They were at the end of the rope. Um, Worthy not Worthy was at the end of his prime. No Kareem, of course. And 
to get to in Portland. As you, I, I thought Portland, a lot of people thought Portland. Now, this is you heard uh, Fratello in the broadcast was say that said that a lot of people thought Portland was the best team, uh, was the best team entering the playoffs and uh, entering the playoffs that year. Um, the Lakers got by them in six games, and uh, Portland, of course. You know, would make the finals in '90, and of course, would lose to the Bulls, losing to the Pistons in '90, and losing to the Bulls in '92. Portland was Portland had a lot of weapons and it was a deep, deep basketball team as well. But again, thing that stood out, still about thing that stood out about this game was just the difference in athleticism. I mean, the Lakers are more, a little bit more physical with Magic in his post game, Lloyd Dibak and Elvin Campbell down low. Um, but the the Bulls were just were just in terms of being fleet of foot and just were, were just up and down, getting up and down the floor. Could go from offense to defense to offense in a split second. Um, the idea of having Scottie Pippen and Michael Jordan hound you for you know ninety four feet was just terrifying. If you're opposing, uh, if you're bringing the ball up, and it kind of like you know I wonder. You know, they made a change after game one because Michael, because Magic Johnson had his way with Michael Jordan in game one when Jordan was guarded. Let's be honest about that. And and whoever guarded whether it was Jordan or Paxson, Magic Johnson was put on a clinic. They go, they switch up in game two, go Pippen, and kind of like Pippen, what Pippen did to Magic Johnson would just go to his body, so to speak, like a using a boxing analogy, went to the body. And basically said, all right, it's a decisive, it's not a decisive game, but it's a clinching game, elimination game for them. Let's, let's knock them out with Michael Jordan. And that's kind of what they, you know, that's kind of, you know, I wonder if that was the strategy looking back on it now. Because Pippen at that point, Pippen was, you know, three years younger than Jordan, two or three years younger than Jordan, was doing a good job, as good as you can, as good a job you can ever do on Magic Johnson. Um, I can't. I, Matt Pippen did not guard Magic Johnson one time in that game. Maybe he picked him up on maybe one switch, but when they were in half court situations and when it was one on one, um, it was Jordan. It was it was Jordan guarding Magic. That was all there is to it. There was no switching. There was no even fight. Jordan was famous, of course, for fighting through screens. That didn't happen. There was no switching off. You didn't get matchups where you would get passing on. On magic or Pippen on magic or you know Horace Grant on magic. No, 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 no. This was Jordan guard magic the entire time. Um, this of course would be the last finals game for Magic Johnson of his career. Um, and you think about it with Magic Johnson, you know what could have been. Had he not retired with the HIV, of course, nobody knew about HIV back then, and people were scared and terrified, and, you know, people thought Magic was going to die, and this, you know, this was it. Uh, I, know, I, know, I know Magic came back for the Olympics, and also the All-Star game in 92, and he came back briefly, you know, that half season in January of 96 and that, that those games have been on recently on NBA TV uh, the, the Golden State game when he came back and Chicago Bulls of course when he first played them back uh, when they had that 72 um, win team in 96 but this was like the last great view that you had of one Magic Johnson 
in his prime, you know, picking people apart with, with, with his passes, using his body in terms of just when Magic got you in the post, uh, it was almost, it was game over. Like Magic, Magic in the post was just virtually unstoppable. And I, I think it's easy to get caught up. It's, it's almost easy to forget how dominant Magic Johnson was. And Magic Johnson, even Magic Johnson, even a B-minus game from Magic Johnson would be an A-plus for most. And in this game, again, he had a struggle shooting. I think in this game he was like four. He was only four for 12. He made a couple threes. He made all his free throws, ended up with 16 points. But um, 20 assists and 11 rebounds. Um, he, again, kept the Lakers in this uh, for the better part of the game up until up until uh, the end of the fourth quarter, uh, the latter part of the last five minutes of the fourth quarter. And uh, I just think that the Bulls, when you look back on this Chicago Bulls team, uh, I think that this Bulls team was the second best of all the Bulls teams that won the championship. I really do. Uh, the Bulls ran through the playoffs, 15-2. and two. The Bulls, uh, again, you have peak prime Michael Jordan. He's at his, you know, he's completely, again, mastered the game. He's like a Jedi right now. He was like a Jedi with athleticism at that point. Um, not forcing anything, picking people apart with, the, with his passing. He averaged 11 assists for the finals, was unanimous. I would have to think probably the first unanimous MVP. He was unanimous MVP in this series. And Pippen was great in the playoffs, in the series, in the playoffs as well. Pippen was 21. Basically, Pippen was 21-6. Pippen was basically 21-9-6. Or 21-6-9 for the uh, playoffs that year. And again, this game, Pippen was uh, all over the place. Pippen there might have been the best. I would say probably the best playoff game that may be the best considering the circumstances, considering the fact that it was a finals game, the best playoff game Scottie Pippen's ever played. So the Bulls will win the championship 108 to 101. Um, and again, this game was very close. This is a very close game where the Bulls pulled away late. Um, you saw the Bulls at times, try to force the Lakers into an up-tempo game because they one they knew they had an advantage in foot speed. They would trap the Lakers, press the Lakers full court. They would trap the Lakers. They would, like Pippen. Really, this Pippen started, you know that, you know, with Magic on Jordan, with Jordan on Magic, it allowed Pippen to just kind of be like a, a, a nightmare in terms of being a free safety. It, Pippen was just, you know, would double team people and, and get a lot of get steals or. You know, or just harass people. You know, harass people with double, various double teams. They call he caused all types of chaos with Jordan. Um, with Jordan being the primary defender on Magic, you saw how depth the depth of the Chicago Bulls. Like I said, they went ten deep in this game, uh, and they had ten at least ten players play seven or more minutes. You know, you got guys like Craig Hodges, Levinston coming off the bench, Scott Williams. Uh, those guys uh, coming off the bench, you know, I think Armstrong was coming off the bench at this point stage in his career. So they went, so Phil Jackson used his bench uh, 
effectively effectively over the course of this game. Lakers only went seven deep because that did between the injuries and between, between the fact that Mike Dunleavy didn't trust you know anybody past you know past those guys. He had no choice uh, but to only play seven players. Uh, you saw a young Elton Campbell who ended up having a very good career, have some moments uh, in this game. You saw Sam Perkins play a very good game. Sam Perkins actually had some nice had some nice playoff games in his career. Even when he goes back go back to his years with, with Seattle, he had a, remember that game seven against Houston back in uh, I want to say ninety three, game seven ninety three. I, I think I think it was game seven in ninety three against Houston. He had a big game in that that decisive game. Uh, so Perkins played well in this game, but the difference was the Bulls role play role players in that bench, and of course when you're getting. Six, you got 62. Think about this: you had between Pippen and Jordan, you get 62 points, 17 assists, 21 rebounds, and 10 steals between two players. So it, it was, you know, just remarkable. After the after this game, of course, I, I said earlier, this would be the last game, the last finals game of the four. The Spurs would close it down in '99 with a with a four game sweep in the Western Conference Finals, and of course they would that would follow up with the, with the Lakers winning three straight championships at Staples. As Staples began, and Staples became early on the house that Shaq built, but later of course the house that Kobe uh, built as well. Um, you know, after this game, you thought, okay, Magic still still in his prime. You got some young pieces with Dbok, Eldon Campbell, are young, retool, be back in the final. Maybe you get another rematch between Michael Jordan and Magic Johnson. That certainly, of course, was not the case. Um, Magic Johnson, of course, would retire with HIV. The Lakers would make the playoffs the next two years and get eliminated in the second, in the first round of both. They lost to Portland in four games in '92. They would lose a great, really unusual but great series to Phoenix. In '93, with a bunch of just castoffs. I mean, that Laker team in '93 had nobody on that. That was man, Savell three. Then by what? Byron, I think Byron Scott was still on that team, and I mean, Worthy was still there. But that that team was one of the stranger Laker teams in recent memory that you'll ever see. Divac was on there, of course. Elvin Campbell's on the team. Just a strange, feisty Laker team, but a strange Laker team at that uh, would lose, and then of course they would. Um, they really they would not become a factor in terms of competing for a championship again until Shaq got there in the summer of two of '96, and of course they would go to go to a uh, go to the NBA Finals in 2000. So the Lakers went nine years following this game until they played their next Finals game. Of course, it was the polar opposite with the Chicago Bulls. They would this was the first of three straight championships in six and eight years. The year, only years that they didn't win it was, was when Jordan was either retired or he came back halfway at the end of the season, towards the latter part of the season, late March in 1995. So it was a real shift um, in the NBA. And this, you know, this was, you know, we, we've been doing podcasts on The Wire with, and thanks to Rob Sapp for our tuning episode last night. We've been doing podcasts with The Wire 
this was the Mar the Avon Marlowe moment in season three, if you remember. Like the crown was passed, like and Jordan Jordan was Marlowe, of course. And he took it and never never let it go. He never let it go. From that point on, Jordan was the best player. Anytime Jordan was fully played a full season, the Bulls never lost a championship. The first of six championships, six finals MVPs, not even a game seven in any of those in any of those championship series in the finals. So this was uh, the beginning of the end for the Lakers, uh, for the Lakers until 2000, and just the beginning for the Chicago Bulls. Again, I think this Bulls, this was a great Bulls team. I think this Bulls team with outside the 98 Bulls, excuse me, outside the 96 Bulls was the second best Bulls team um, in the Michael Jordan, Scottie Pippen in that, in, during that 10 year and during that, during all those championship runs. I think it, I really think it was. Uh, even, I really think it was um, even better than the 92 Bulls or and even better than the 97 Bulls who were, who were great teams as well. Both those teams won 60 plus games and probably both those teams had better regular season records, but I'm looking at the playoffs. This team rolled in the playoffs. They destroyed people in, in the day. I mean, these some of these games in the playoffs weren't even close. They didn't. They did not have a lot of close games in the playoffs for the most part. Um, for the most part, in uh, maybe a couple against Philly, and the two against the Lakers. But they rolled Detroit. They destroyed the Knicks. Uh, you know, and going 15 and two. Um. You could tell, you know, at the end of the game, uh, Jordan was more. They, they showed they showed the locker room celebration. Watched, you know, about five six minutes of that. Jordan was just he was exhausted and relieved. There was not a lot of celebration about Jordan. Um, of course, he has that, that iconic uh, moments with his father where he's crying and he's holding the trophy, and his wife is sitting next to him. Well, maybe not, not according to Bob Costas, who made the mistake of calling Michael Jordan's wife his mom because she, she had a hat on. Um, a young Bob, Bob Costas at that. Bob Costas, how about Bob Costas in the locker room doing locker room reporting? Just shows you how long ago that was. You know, had Steve Stafford Jones on the sideline, a young uh, Ahmad Rashad on the sideline. So, uh, you know, this was, of course, the NBC, NBA on NBC. And that's at the NBA, the coverage. NBC by far to me had the best coverage. Um, now I know those who are older than me are gonna go back to the CBS days with, uh, you know, Dick Stockton who was great, Tommy uh, Tommy Heinsohn who was great even as a Celtic in some of those games. But I love the NBA on NBC with Marv Albert and, and when they you lay on with Bill Walton, Bill Walton doing games and Steve Stafford Jones, and you know even with uh, Matty Gukas. Who did some games in the mid '90s, um, and you know when the Bulls were still winning championships. But um, a different time for sure, a uh, different game. Um, Jordan in this series only attempted like four three pointers in this entire series. He shot over 55. He shot over well over 50 percent uh, for this entire in this entire se in this series, and he only. I think he. I mean, Shot fifty five percent for the series. Um, let me look here. Check him to see if he Jordan shot fifty five percent. 
Think about that. 55% in the NBA final series. So he was basically 31 11. He was 31 31 6 and 11 on 55% in shooting over the course of this series. Uh, different game. Both teams, not even the Lakers, neither, neither, neither one of these teams shot a lot of threes. The Lakers shot probably shot more. Than the Bulls, but just a completely different game as a comparison to where we at to where we at in 2020. Uh, again, the last the last signature performance for Magic Johnson, or the last big time, the last the last real performance, the last in a big game for the uh, for the for Magic Johnson's in a, in a Laker uniform. Um, and it was again the changing of the guard and the you know in the beginning for the Chicago Bulls, uh, the Chicago Bulls dynasty. That's going to wrap it up for this latest edition of the Real Deal Podcast. As always, you can find us on YouTube, uh, iTunes, Stitcher, and later on, I will certainly put this podcast on Blog Talk Radio as well. Uh, We have a podcast coming up later on in the week. Stay tuned for that and much, much more. And I will see you next time with another classic game on the Real Deal Podcast. Be safe. So long.